A lot of retirees can spend more than they actually are, but portfolios should still be growing on average over the first half of retirement. It's really important to have a withdrawal strategy that you understand and that you're comfortable with, which can guide your spending over time so that you know if you're in alignment, right? So you might see the portfolio growing. Doesn't mean you should spend a whole bunch more money, but by having a good retirement withdrawal plan, you'll know if your spending is in line with what's going to be sustainable over time. Welcome to Your Retirement Planning Simplified with your host, Joseph Curry, a CFP professional who is going to help you learn how to simplify your retirement planning. This podcast is all about helping you answer those burning questions you've had about your retirement possibilities and making a plan to get there. Through retirement planning education, resources, and expert interviews, Joe will help you get clear on your retirement vision, how to simplify it, and what you'll need specifically to achieve or maintain your financial freedom. Ready to live out your retirement dreams and create future opportunities for the ones you love? Then let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. I'm your co-host, Joe Curry, along with my co-host, Lindsay Wilson. How are you today, Lindsay? I'm well, Joe, just in the midst of planning a client event, an e-cycling event. So I'm just in the midst of planning all of that, making it a fun day. And of course, we're very excited because we launched our Retirement Planning Simplified website. Yeah, so lots of good things going on. The Retirement Planning Simplified website, we've been working on for a while now. So that's really exciting. We've probably mentioned it, that it's coming anyway in some other podcasts. So to get that up and running, all the links are working and we had a little bit of trouble there. So that's really exciting. We're especially excited about all the good information we have on there. Mm-hmm. And for our client event, I'm also especially excited because I have a lot of electronics that need e-cycled. Who doesn't? <laughs> so selfishly, yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah, me too. I have a bunch of old cell phones and all kinds of things. So, Yeah, no, that's perfect. I'll also mention before we jump into our topic today, because it's related to our topic, we'll talk about a few of the risks of retirement. So our five retirement risks, what you need to know, white paper. It's probably not going to be available for clicking. It is right now, but by the time this episode launches, you probably won't be able to click to get it. So if anyone wants to get that white paper on those five retirement risks, you just sign up on the retirementplanningsimplified.ca website and shoot us an email and we'll be able to send that white paper out to you. Absolutely. So today, this is inspired by a listener question about the 4% rule, which we've touched on a little bit before, of course. And they thought that meant an estimated rate of return for retirement portfolio. So we were talking, and Joe, you mentioned that you wanted to talk about this question, and it also got us thinking about the Michael Kitsis article, which inspired, along with the question, our conversation today about the 4% rule. So I thought maybe we could begin just jumping in. Research and our professional experience show that most retirees are not spending down their retirement accounts and are actually seeing them grow in retirement. So thinking about this rule, does it mean that retirees should be spending more? Maybe just to back up a little bit to the 4% rule, the 4% rule really has nothing to do with the rate of return. It's a safe withdrawal rate. And we'll talk about this a little bit more later on, but I just want to be clear that the reason this leads into the article that we were talking about, which is why most retirees will never draw down their retirement portfolio, is that it's a safe withdrawal amount. Meaning if you take this amount and you follow this rule, it should cover you for the worst case scenario. The flip side of that is almost every scenario outside the worst case 
we'll leave you with money at the end. So that's kind of where the parallels drawn here. And so to answer your question, Lindsay, does this mean retirees should be spending more? Well, the problem is, even though retirement portfolios are growing in retirement, it's actually a good thing because we don't know what the future will bring, right? So with inflation, this is really hard for people to think about in their head about how inflation will adjust their spending over time. Although maybe in the last year or two, that's a little bit easier because we all see prices going up so quickly. If we look at inflation between 2% and 5% over 30-year retirement, then what we're looking at is an increase in spending from year one to year 30, at minimum double where we started, but also up to about four times where we started. So in other words, if you start with a budget of $100,000 a year in year one, and you're spending from a life, like inflation-adjusted numbers, so same kind of lifestyle 30 years later, which is debatable whether it would be the same or not, but let's just say it is, that means you're looking at two hundred to $400,000 roughly in annual spending to support that same lifestyle 30 years later. So that's one thing that we need to consider. And also, maybe you will have a 30-year retirement, but maybe you're going to have a lot longer than 30-year retirement. We don't know, right? And there's a lot of advances in healthcare and things like that that we need to at least be cognizant of. So that's a longevity risk. And also, we don't know when we're going to get a bad return. 2022 was a bad year for investments, stocks, or bonds, didn't matter where you were, which is not good for most retirees who have a you know, that typical 60-40 portfolio. And that's not a recommendation. That's just the most common portfolio we do see in retirement. So if that comes at a bad time when you're just retiring, you need to be a little bit conservative in how much you're taking out of the portfolio. So to answer your question, does this mean retirees should be spending more? I would say not necessarily, but we'll dig into this a little bit more as we go in the conversation. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if there should be some kind of target that retirees aim for in retirement portfolio withdrawals, or do they maybe just spend the growth? Yeah. So a lot of people ask that question, like, should I just buy a bond or a GAC or a dividend paying stock and just spend the income? Or, you know, if my portfolio is growing, should I just spend the growth? So that way we're not touching the principal, right? So the, uh, the initial amount invested. The problem with that is if you're buying something like a GIC is you're not going to be able to keep up with inflation most likely because you're going to be too conservative. But let's just say you have your traditional retirement portfolio, you know, we're targeting growth well over that 4% number. And again, not a prediction or anything, but we're just as a hypothetical. The problem is that you're not going to get that number every year. So, you know, one year you might get a 15% rate of return and you're spending a lot of money, but the next year we could be down 20%. And now all of a sudden, you can't spend any money on that philosophy. And even though you didn't spend any money, your portfolio is still down from where you started. Mm. So unfortunately, that doesn't really work as a strategy, but it is something I hear brought up commonly. The other thing I would say is if we end up spending too much early on in those early retirement years, then adjustments that we make in the latter half of retirement are going to do little to offset kind of the fate of the portfolio at that point, right? It's the first half of retirement is so much more important than the last half because what typically happens is, you know, if we get really good returns in the first half, then there's more than enough money. We don't have to worry about it. But if we get really bad returns in the early years, that's where all those different types of rules we talk about, like the 4% rule or dynamic withdrawal strategies all come into play, that it was important to follow those so that we didn't get down too far in the early years that we ran out of money in the later years. Hmm. So that's the high level answer there. Right. So I'm actually going to break it down even further and just ask how exactly does the 4% rule work and where does the 4% rule fit into all of this? Yeah. So it's important. I think we come back to this because maybe I didn't do a good enough job the first time explaining what the 4% rule is. 
So the 4% rule is taking 4% of the initial, the starting retirement portfolio balance. Maybe you have multiple different accounts that are going to be for retirement, but we put it all together. So let's just say it's a million dollars. That means $40,000 is your starting withdrawal amount. What that means is year one, you take $40,000 out. And then in year two, you take the $40,000 and you adjust it to whatever inflation was for that year. It doesn't matter if the portfolio was up or if the portfolio was down. Either way, you increase it by inflation. So what does that look like as an example? If we look at 3% inflation, $40,000, 3% inflation, if we jump to year five, now all of a sudden, instead of $40,000, you're taking $46,370 out. If we jump to year 10, instead of that initial 40000 now you're taking out over almost $58,000. If we jump to year 15, you're taking out a little over $62,000. And this is just assuming 3% inflation each year. So the 4% rule is saying that you're able to do that. Okay, so you start by taking out 4% of the initial year one balance. After that, what the balance of the portfolio is doesn't matter anymore. You're just increasing with inflation every year. So as I mentioned at the start, the 4% rule is considered the safe withdrawal rate. It's not a prediction on what the returns are going to be. So it means that in the worst case scenario of inflation or investment returns, you should still survive a 30-year retirement without running out of money. This also means, as I alluded to earlier, that in most scenarios, you're going to have money left over. In some cases, you might have many multiples of what you started with left over if you just follow the 4% rule. But again, it's not solving for you getting good returns. It's solving for what if you get the worst returns or the worst inflation scenarios. So we just look at what's average. Well, the average successful withdrawal rate for a 30-year period over the past 100 years in the US is around 6%, not 4%. But the problem, again, with going with 6%, which that means that there's a lot of scenarios where you run out of money. And most people aren't planning to run out of money or they don't want to take that chance. The only thing I would add to this is that that's kind of where we use our dynamic withdrawal strategies. I won't dive into all the details here because we've done other podcasts on this. But the dynamic withdrawal strategies at least allow us to take out a little bit higher than that safe withdrawal rate. But then we know which adjustments or when to make adjustments early on when it's not too late so that we make sure we don't run out of money within that portfolio. Right. And if we circle back and bring it back to the article, should retirees on average then be spending more? I'm going to give you two answers to that in all scenarios, really. The portfolio does need to be growing throughout those early years. So just because the research is showing that you know a lot of retirees aren't spending all their portfolio and portfolios are actually growing in retirement for a lot of people, that's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean they're not spending enough. They should be spending more necessarily because we need to get growth of the portfolio in those early years to support the spending on the kind of the latter half of retirement, right? So in the Kitsis article, they give the example of assuming an 8% rate of return and 3% inflation. So we're not looking at sequence of returns risk. That's just a static 8% return every year, 3% inflation every year. And so in that scenario, a retiree could start taking out 6.1% or $61,000 of a million dollar portfolio and adjust upwards 3% each year to keep up with inflation. So in that scenario, the portfolio for the first 10 years is growing. So even though they're taking money out of it, it's still getting larger each year for the first 10 years. After 10 years, it starts to come down, but you don't get down to your starting amount of retirement until year 17. So it's not till year 17, you actually dip into your principal. So again, that's the balance you started retirement with. But over the next 13 years, so by year 30, the portfolio is at $0. Okay, so that's really the effect of the compounding of inflation on the ladder of retirement. 
So just to go a little deeper on the inflation and how that's, I guess, portrayed to investors from advisors is one of my pet peeves is when an advisor shows their clients or their prospects the inflated retirement income projections. So what I mean by that is, you know, we have a client, so they're a prospect, they came in and they'd also talked to another advisor and the other advisor gave them, you know, this long, huge plan that just had a lot of numbers in it. And one of the things that showed them from a cash flow projection standpoint was all of the inflation adjusted numbers. So not just in today's dollars, the actual numbers that were projected out into the future. And so this client, you know, their spending would have been around $150,000 a year or is around $150,000 a year. So it was showing later on in retirement, them spending over $300,000 a year. It also showed that they wouldn't quite maybe necessarily make their retirement goals. They potentially would run out of money if they live beyond life expectancy. So the client, the way they look at that is, well, I'm never going to spend more than $150,000 a year, right? So I'm never going to spend $200,000 a year. That's not what we spend. It's not realistic because again, we have such a hard time thinking about the effect of that compound growth or what inflation does to the cost of living. So bringing it back a little bit, spending does tend to reduce a bit on an inflation-adjusted basis. So as people go through retirement, we've talked about this before. Again, as you get further into retirement, we typically spend a little bit less, stick a little closer to home. And I'm trying to bring it all back together with a summary here, but... (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, if we could summarize just a few key points. Yeah. So look, a lot of retirees can spend more than they actually are, but portfolios should still be growing on average over the first year, or sorry, the first half of retirement. It's really important to have a withdrawal strategy that you understand and that you're comfortable with, which can guide your spending over time so that you know if you're in alignment, right? So you might see the portfolio growing. Doesn't mean you should spend a whole bunch more money, but by having a good retirement withdrawal plan, you'll know if your spending is in line with what's going to be sustainable over time. And going back to our experience with clients and what we see is a lot of our clients could be spending a lot more money, but that's not because their portfolio is growing, it's because they're not spending up to the portfolio withdrawal strategy we have in place, right? So, you know, with our dynamic strategy, maybe they could be taking 5% of the portfolio out a year, but a lot of them are taking 2 or 3%. So those are the clients who are saying, look, spend more money. Do you want to give money to your kids, your grandkids? Do you want to travel more? Want to give money to charity? And that scenario, you can definitely spend more, but that just brings it back to, again, to the importance of having a withdrawal strategy so that you know if you can give more. Because if you've been saving your entire life, it's hard sometimes to switch to that spending mindset. And if you don't have a plan that shows how much you can spend, you're probably not going to spend more. Mm. So if there's one takeaway here, it is have a plan. (laughs) See a financial planner. And if you need some help, they can help you with that plan too. Exactly. Well, great, Joe. Thank you very much. All right. Hope that's helpful. Thanks, Lindsay. Take care. Investment services are provided through Matthews & Associates Investments of Aligned Capital Partners Incorporated and approved trade name of Aligned Capital Partners Inc. ACPI. Only investment-related products and services are offered through ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI and covered by the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Tax planning, financial planning, and insurance services are provided through Matthews & Associates. Matthews & Associates is an independent company separate and distinct from ACPI slash Matthews & Associates Investments of ACPI. Matthews & Associates are not licensed tax professionals, and you should consult with your tax advisor before acting on any recommendations. Thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Your Retirement Planning Simplified. If you'd like to see how prepared you are for retirement, we've created a free retirement readiness calculator to help you out. 
go to matthewsandassociates.ca forward slash ready to input your retirement information and receive instant feedback to help you evaluate your current retirement readiness. Be sure to tune back in for the next episode. And until then, we're here to help you simplify and succeed in your retirement planning.